Being too busy to skip a party is so last year, isn't it? When was the last time you skipped a social event because you hadn't had a quiet weekend at home in months? I miss those days. I miss feeling the urge to skip a wedding or a birthday party or a baby shower or a dinner just because I want to stay home. This morning, how we hear Jesus' parable depends in part on whether we're listening with pre-pandemic ears back when you and I and everyone we knew was so busy, or whether we're hearing it with our current day ears, when most of us would give up our firstborn child in order to have a night out with some adults. I think for most of us, this parable sounds like good news. At least the first half of the parable does. A king threw a big wedding banquet for his son. The first invitees were either too busy or too self-absorbed to show up, but that was good news for everyone else. Except for the extreme behavior of a few characters in the parable, the setup to the first half of this story is pretty reasonable. Naturally, the king was upset when that first round of guests refused to show up. But his decision to fill the wedding hall with whomever he could find, both good and bad, is a remarkable expression of inclusion. This party was too important to let those who would not show up ruin it, and the latecomers were thrilled to be included. I don't know about you, but I'm always grateful when someone offers me their ticket to the symphony or to a sporting event. It's kind of like having a ticket to the Masters. I can't imagine why anybody would give up a chance to go to Augusta National, but if you're too busy with your farm or your business, I'll be happy to go in your place. We like that version of the kingdom of heaven We like it when Jesus describes God's wedding banquet like that. How good it is that our God is willing to fling wide open the doors so that anyone who wants to be there can take their place at the feast. And as long as we keep hearing this parable with the ears of those who are grateful to be included, it is good news indeed, at least at first. But doesn't the parable take a dark and startling turn? As the king walks through the banquet hall, delighted and somewhat relieved that the party wasn't a complete failure, he notices in the corner of his eye that one of the guests isn't wearing a wedding robe. Friend, he asks, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? But the guest stares back in stunned silence. In the blink of an eye, everything changes. The music stops. The dancing stops. The talking stops. The king orders the intruder to be bound hand and foot and thrown into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What kind of king is that? What kind of God is that? 
One minute, everyone is raising a glass to toast the generosity of the magnanimous host. But in the next, everyone staring at the floor, just hoping that this nightmare will end. If you're confused, that's okay. So am I. So is everyone. And I think that's the point. Sometimes preachers attempt to explain away the awkwardness of the second half of this parable, but when they do, I think they rob the parable of some of its power. Some preachers will claim that the second half didn't belong to the first half, that it was added on generations later in order to warn Christians not to desert the faith in the face of persecution. Other preachers try to soften the inexplicable harshness of a host who would expect a last-minute guest to be wearing formal attire by asserting that wedding robes were handed out to everyone as they walked into the banquet hall. But there's no historical evidence that that was the case. No, we are left with a difficult text, one that challenges us, one that challenges our preconceptions of who God is and what God's reign will look like to their core. And that's the point. We like it when the kingdom of heaven is what we expect. We like it when God behaves the way we want God to behave. We like it when the doors are flung wide open and anyone and everyone is invited to come to the party. But liking those things and talking about God in those ways and telling other people that we belong to a church that believes that everyone has a place, well, all of those things aren't good enough because you don't get to be a part of the celebration if you show up to the party and let everyone else make it happen. You don't get to share in the festivities if you decide to stay home and let someone else take your place. The kingdom of heaven is like a wedding banquet that a king threw for his son. It doesn't matter whether you're the first one to get an invitation or the last one to show up. What matters is that when you arrive, you celebrate with everything you've got. Jesus isn't talking about the kingdom of heaven that is waiting for us when we die. He's talking about the reign of God that has already broken through into this life. Jesus came to earth and lived and died and was raised again so that you and I and everyone else might have a place at God's table. But it's not good enough that we've received an invitation. And it's not good enough that we simply show up for the party. It's not good enough that we wear crosses around our necks. It's not good enough that we call ourselves Christians. It's not good enough that we belong to St. Paul's. It's not good enough if we believe in our hearts that God loves everyone. Our host wants to see that we are all in. For a celebration this important, anything less than our full participation, anything other than our very best, isn't good enough. 
you can't believe in a God who welcomes everyone and not welcome everyone yourself. You can't believe in a kingdom where everyone has a place and not make room in your heart for whoever wants to come in. We believe in a God who flings wide open the doors to the kingdom. We believe in a God who searches high and low so that everyone might come in. You and I have been given a ticket to the celebration that God is throwing for us and for the whole world. But the fact that we've been included at all is itself a miracle of God's generosity and love. God loves us enough to find us and beckon us to come in. In this life, right here and right now, being included in God's banquet is the most important thing that will ever happen to us. If we can't find a way to celebrate that and to celebrate it alongside everyone else whom God has invited in, then we will be the ones who miss out.